Blog Talk Radio. His name was Francis Scott Key. He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of. You've seen it. It's in most hymnals throughout our churches. It's called the National Anthem. It is our song as an American. We go, however, to a ball game. We stand in our church services and we sing the words of that song. And they float over our minds and our lips and we don't even realize what we're singing. Most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about what it means. Let me tell you a story. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore. The colonies were engaged in vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides. The American colonies had prisoners and the British had prisoners. And the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for the release of these prisoners. They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American prisoners in boats about a thousand yards offshore. And they said, we want to send a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. He will come out and negotiate to see if we can make a mutual exchange. On the appointed day in a rowboat, he went out to this boat and he negotiated with the British officials. And they reached a conclusion that men could be exchanged on a one-for-one basis. Francis Scott Key, jubilant with the fact that he'd been successful, went down below in the boats, and what he found was a cargo hold full of humanity, men. And he said, men, I've got news for you tonight. You're free. 
He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return to the colonies. He said, you'll be taken out of this boat, out of this filth, out of your chains. As he went back up on board to arrange for their passage to the shore, the admiral came and he said, we have a slight problem. He said, we will still honor our commitment to release these men, but it'll be merely academic after tonight. It won't matter. And Francis Scott Key said, what do you mean? He said, well, Mr. Key, he said, tonight we have laid an ultimatum upon the colonies. Your people will either capitulate and lay down the colors of that flag that you think so much of, or you see that fort right over there, Fort Henry? He said, we're going to remove it from the face of the earth. He said, how are you going to do that? He said, if you will, scan the horizon of the sea. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of little dots. And he said, that's the entire British war fleet. He said, all of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that fort. It will be here within striking distance in a matter of about two and a half hours. He said, the war is over. These men would be free anyway. He said, you can't shell that fort. He said, that's, that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and children. He says, it's predominantly not a military fort. He said, don't worry about it. They said, we've left them a way out. And he said, what's that? He said, do you see that flag way up on the rampart? He said, we have told them that if they will lower that flag, the shelling will stop immediately. And we'll know that they've surrendered, and you'll now be under British rule. Francis Scott Key went down below and told the men what was about to happen. And they said, how many ships? He said, hundreds. The ships got closer. Francis Scott Key went back up on top and he said, men, I'll shout down to you what's going on as we watch. As twilight began to fall and as the haze hung over the ocean as it does at sunset, suddenly the British war fleet unleashed. He says the sound was deafening. There were so many guns that there were no reliefs. He said it was absolutely impossible to talk or hear. He said suddenly the sky, although dark, was suddenly lit. And he says from down below, all he could hear the men, the prisoners, saying was, Tell us where the flag is. What have they done with the flag? Is the flag still flying over the rampart? Tell us. One hour, two hours, three hours into the shelling. Every time the bomb would explode and it would be close to the flag, they could see the flag in the illuminated red glare of that bomb. And Francis Scott Key would report down to the men below, it's still up. It's not down. The admiral came and he said, your people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? He said, don't they understand this is an impossible situation? Francis Scott Key said, he remembered what George Washington had said. He said, the thing that sets the American Christian apart from all other people in the world is he will die on his feet before he'll live on his knees. The Admiral said, we have now instructed all of the guns to focus on... All right. There you have it.
well, understanding the times we should live, restoring our republic, gifts and media. Oh, boy. Boy, I was just on another show over there on, on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, I didn't realize the time. And I think we started at 9 o'clock, just ended three and a half hours of, I'd say we got a good maybe 45 minutes of discussion, and then it was, after that, it was about, you know, three hours of arguing and back and forth and uh, uh, disagreement. And uh, I think some people uh, may have, you know, demonstrated, you know, what they really believe in, you know, and what they stand for. And uh, a majority of the people uh, support America, but they support it the wrong way, maybe you know, in the wrong fashion, the wrong way. I mean, people have to understand our Constitution and founders, and and we're, we've lost that, I think. I think that's really what's really wrong with America. We've lost the, the spiritual um, uh, kindness and loving and uh, strength that we once had. We have no spiritual strength. Uh, uh, Growth anymore. I mean, no, no backbone, no spiritual backbone anymore in this country. Uh, we've lost our way, and I think that's where you get people that are maybe. I'm not saying that these people are, but that's where you grow disloyalty. That's where you grow phony friendships, where you grow the brokenness of family. Um, your uh, a contract means nothing. Your handshake means nothing, and and that's the sickness. That 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 has festered in America, and because because when you remove God, when you remove God from the landscape of America, you see it was okay maybe fifty a hundred years ago people that believed that way you know they, you know they support America but you know they're, they're going to church believing God you know and worshiping God and, you know and, and it's not my thing you know it's, you know and you can get away with it a hundred years ago you know but today. It's gotten so bad, now we're seeing the results from that. When we took prayer from school, we, 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 we see it now. Because now we see, instead of relying on God, we rely on government. You know, we, we had the Ten Commandments hanging up everywhere in every courthouse around the country. Not anymore. Here in Greensboro, they used to have a picture up of uh, Andrew Jackson in the lobby. It's gone. They took it down. So we we don't, you know, so statues that we once had, gone. So we've erased our history. Now people don't know history. See, if they, when they're able to erase history, now we don't know it. Or And then the truth gets distorted. I could believe what I want to believe, you know. Well, that's the way I remember it, you know. And, and then we think, and then we start to, to, to think that that's true and that's the way it should be. And, you know, I'm entitled to my opinion. Everybody has a right to believe the way they want to believe. You know, we that attitude. You know, it's free. America's free. You can't tell me what to believe. You know, you know stuff like that. You know, and, and it's not that we're trying to tell you what to believe. It's just that it just is. This is how it is. Founders of this country believe it. No, George Washington did not have wooden teeth. George Washington was not a Freemason. Okay. All right. No. The founding fathers were not were not uh, uh, Satan worshippers. Okay, they believed in God. They were moral, righteous men. 
the case they they believe in strong family they believe in uh, working the land they believe in nature and they believe in a higher power they believe in god they didn't they didn't kiss the pope's ring you know they weren't riding a magic carpet praying to allah all right and, and and the Bible was probably the most popular book in the country, and mostly every household probably had one. But not today. Today we have the attitude that, you know, I could believe men wrote that book. Men are corrupt. I can't believe the Bible. I can't go to church. There's full hypocrites at church. You know, well, you go to Walmart, don't you? Don't they have hypocrites there? No, <laughs> So, you know, so their arguments are phony. They're, they they have no substance. They have no, no foundation. And that's what we become in America. We have no foundation anymore. We have no courage. Yeah, we, we'll kill each other over an argument over the phone. We'll slaughter each other's families if we have to, right? Stand up for that flag that I was just playing the intro in, the American flag. To stand up for the Constitution. To fight for your neighbor, for for honor, and for freedom. Hell no, I can't do that. I gotta go to work on Monday morning. So that's what we lost. You know, I mean, <clears throat> and, and and we take everything out of context. You know, with freedom, First Amendment. Yeah, you have a right to free speech, but you have a responsibility. And if it's not just to your country. Or to your fellow man, to you and your God. For goodness sake, it's common sense. It's common sense, man. I mean, it's just to, to believe it. And, and, and one of the people that were over there on this other show, one of them, I know he's an infiltrator. I know he's a Marxist. I know he's a communist. And he can't stand America and the government. And I know that for a fact. Okay. <clears throat> I've been on uh, Blog Talk Radio for a while. I've heard a lot of people and followed them over the years. Not, you know, follow, follow, but listened. I'm a notorious researcher. I'm always listening. Even when I'm sitting here doing nothing, I'll have a podcast going on or, or I'll be listening to something. When I'm writing, I'm listening. When I'm listening, I'm writing. You know, when I'm on a podcast show or I'm listening to them, I'm always stuffing envelopes, writing letters. I'm doing something while I'm, while I'm never, ever idle. Never sitting here doing nothing. I'm always working. Doing something productive. Okay? So I don't have time to play games. Because I'm in this thing to win. I'm in this thing to fight. I'm in this thing to stand up against tyranny, corruption, and evil. And Hamas is an evil, evil organization, if that's what you want to call it. They're a gang of thugs. And they are evil. And anyone to sit here and say you support them is asinine. You've got to be a complete heretic and an idiot because you're supporting someone that wants to kill you. That is stupid. Supporting someone that wants to kill you, that makes a hell of a lot of sense, doesn't it? Well, my next door neighbor is a serial killer. Let me give him refuge so maybe he can kill me and my family. I mean, it's just it's, it's, it's asinine. I just cannot believe it. Some of the things I heard, I mean, well, I can't believe it, but, you know, these conversations that are sparked now, and the thing, it's sitting, the end times. 
It's been talked about these things are going to happen. Brother against brother, sister, you know, wives against their husbands. Men shall seek death and not find it. These things are coming. They're happening. Men wrote that book. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> God inspired them to write it. <laughs> what do you think? There was a, like a pen floating in the air and, a, and, and the papers came out and it just magically wrote on paper and filed itself and stamped itself and glued itself together and started publishing itself to become a book? Of course men wrote it. But they were inspired by God. The Holy Ghost inspired them. If you don't think God's powerful enough to preserve his word for all men to see, then put your God in a paper bag. You can't get out. You know, come on, man. You know, but I'm not trying to criticize anybody or attack anybody singularly or or as an individual. I'm just, you know, <clears throat> these conversations are fitting for the times that we live today. And look, you can't talk about something that you don't know anything about. If you don't know anything about the Bible, then you shouldn't be talking about it. You know? I mean, you just can't do that. In the Bible, I've studied the Bible. I've studied it. Do I have everything off the top of my head? No. But I have notes upon notes and notes. I, I, I took I, theology. I went to school for theology. So, you know, I'm still in school for theology, actually. You know, so believe it or not, I have time for that. Wish I had my course, my final exam, where my final exams are out here in front of me. I could give you a couple examples, but uh, I think I got a, a B minus on my last exam. I don't think I did too well. I think I got a B minus. I don't know. I wish I could pull it out. I wish I had it here. And my papers are a mess. My thing is a mess here. My office. You know, but but man, you know, but this is the problem we're running into today, folks. This is it. Brother against brother. We have to have God in this country. If we're going to restore our republic, we have to have it. We have to have God. If we don't, we can't restore anything. I'm going to tell you that right now. We won't and we can't. You're wasting time if you don't have God. It's just a fact. And Israel is the only country in the world in the history of this planet that was completely annihilated, annihilated. And then thousands of years later, right back on the scene. Within one day, too, by the way, one day, happened all one day. Boom, country again. So, and all the, and all the Jews are, 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 are going back there. The Bible foretold that. How did the Bible know this? How did how did men write these things years ago and predict them and they got and they were right? I mean, I'm not going to give a Bible lesson here tonight, but the, the, the prophecy over prophecy over prophecy that was foretold and came true. And no, they didn't make it happen. <laughs> okay, so they could write about it 400 years later, no, or 2,000 years later, no. Okay, didn't happen like that either. So, but we did start off a good conversation about the Civil War, and uh, I have my re-inhabited book here out in front of me here, 
Reinhabited Republic for the United States of America, Volume 1, America's Truthful History by Gene Hurtler and David Hurtler. Uh, very good book. <clears throat> very good book. And it gives you the facts. It gives you excerpts and, and uh, notations here where you can look it up to, to uh, see it for yourself. <clears throat> right, right here, Chapter 13, Reconstruction, the sec- Second Civil War. Just read a little excerpt from it. We now continue forward to the period after the Civil War, known as the Reconstruction Era. Civil War prevailed from April 12, 1861, to that precise date four years later, April 12, 1865. In considering the profound opening and close of the war between the states, as well as the length of time being precisely four years, it is equally profound in considering the Hebrew meaning of the number four which relates to the word door. A door had been left open to the, to the curses of disobedience in breaking covenant with the God of the universe and his laws of nature, where all men are created equal. The nation's birth certificate, now, excuse me, the nation's birth certificate, the Declaration of Independence, had been violated. The American people's social covenant with each other as well as the operating document, the Constitution of the United States, which was derived from the Declaration of Independence, the nation's covenant with Almighty God, had been misinterpreted and manipulated in the cause of the Great Rebellion. The land of liberty was stained with the blood of the black slaves and bathed in the blood resulting from war of the house divided while struggling struggling to end the that original sin of America. All the blood shed on the land cries out to the Creator. James Madison, known as the father of the Constitution, had emphasized that American people's social covenant with each other. <clears throat> the Constitution, comma, was derived from the Declaration of Independence, the nation's covenant with Almighty God. Just real quick here, this little paragraph right here says, the government has, the government has only such powers as the people delegated to it, through a social covenant, but the Constitution, which is derived from God's covenant with man, the derivation origin limits the power of the process of law and the powers of government. The covenant cannot be contrived or broken, as it is the law of nature and nature's God. Drawing a parallel to the Proverbs 25:11, a world a world, excuse me, a world fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Lincoln described the Declaration of Independence as an apple of gold and the Constitution as the frame of silver around around it. You know, so we we always quote this Constitution. We talk about it in the Declaration of Independence. We have to understand this is the most special document. But people just look at it as a shallow piece of paper, or they take it and they apply it as its power, and they don't understand its true meaning. They don't understand what's behind it, what, what work it took to get it, and to fight for it, and to keep it. And today we throw it around like it's nothing. And and, and with the things that are happening around the world. They reflect back a lot on America because America does have to have a foreign policy. We have, we have to. We're a rich nation, a powerful nation, the most powerful nation in the world. We have to play a role in the world. And we have to influence other governments and peoples because we want them to do the right thing. You know, 
the buck just doesn't stop here in America. There's other people matter around the world. We don't want to see other people suffer. We don't want to see other people get their heads chopped off. God gave us a great capability, a great military, a great everything. We owe everything to God. See, we lose that meaning. We lose that when we start taking God out of the picture. We should just, America should just take care of itself. We only should care about us. How greedy is that? That's selfish. Care about ourselves. Don't care about the rest of the world. Don't care about other people if they're being slaughtered. How could we? How could we? What a shame that would be. You know, yeah, I know for George Washington, friends with all alliances. But no, I didn't say, I didn't say that. I didn't say have no alliances. I didn't say, excuse me, I didn't say have no friends. Let me see who's messaging me here on social media here. Uh, I tried to run Rex show. I tried getting over there, but nobody was there. Ah, there we go. Bring it on, boys there. Hello, Joseph. Hello. Got a few people on here, I guess. Too many people want to come over probably. <clears throat> After that great debate there that I had. Over there on the show. Hey, look, I don't care. I'll stand by myself. I'm, I'm, I will always stand for God. I will always stand up for God and for what is right. I don't care. I'm not a coward. I don't bend down to other people's views and opinions and agree with people just because that's the norm and that's what everybody else is doing. No. No, no, no. I will stand out. I will stand up against evil. I will stand up against evil any time, any day of the week. And I don't care if I have to do it by myself. You know, I'm not going to be, like I said, I'm not going to be in the in crowd to go along and have a good time. No. God is important. God is important. And never will I blaspheme God on any podcast. Never. Never will I reject God and take him out of the picture of what I fight for when I say restoring our republic. I always will always put God into the sense of restoring our republic. Am I a sinner? Yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. I'm not perfect. But I will strive to try to be more perfect every day. I will try to strive to be a better person. And, to, and to, 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 to obey God's commandments and his laws and, and obey the Bible as best as I can every day. And I'll try to do better. You know? And it's not just about believing, I believe. You have to accept the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that he died and rose again. It's more, there's a lot, you know, there's people, I, people think they can believe the way they want to believe, and that's the way it is. No. Truth is not relative. Don't understand what people get on, you know, like just, and, and these arguments are getting worse and they're becoming more debated and more heated and more passionate because we know that today we are in trouble. Got to stop it. And for those people out there with a hidden agenda, I know who you are. You can't fool me. And they know that. They know I know. That's why they call me out. That's why they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. They won't address me too many times unless I address them. They know. I know what they're all about. I know their little games they're playing. You ain't gonna trick me. You're not gonna like I play your little game. I know who you stand for and what you stand for. I know you want to kill me. I know you dislike me. I know who you are. Don't play that game with me. You're not gonna fool me. And I'm not gonna behoove you or befriend you just because. 
And I don't need listeners either. I can give a damn. I've had no listeners on this show. I've had thousands. It don't make a difference to me. You want to come? You want to be a part of the podcast? Great. If not, get lost. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. I don't care. You know, of course, I want people to listen. I want to get the message. But I don't want to talk about just, you know, a good time. I don't want to talk about opinions. I want to talk about facts. I want to talk about solutions. I want to talk about the things that matter. You know, we can all sit here and tell stories. Sometimes storytelling, okay, all right, I get it, you know. But I don't want to go and do a whole podcast show about that. I want to talk about the things that are really happening today. I want to talk about, the, you know, what's really happening. I want to talk about solutions on how to fix things. And Bianca asked me out there on the show, you know, are you going to mention God when you run a public office? Darn right, I will. You're darn right I am. What am I supposed to do, say no to make you happy? So I can get your vote or support? I don't care. I will stand with God, always God. I will never deny God openly and publicly. I will never deny him, never. Never, never, never. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I will never deny Jesus. Never. I don't care if you're ready to cut my head off. I don't care. I'll never stand with Satan, the devil, and I'll never reject God. I don't know how many times I have to say that. I don't care if I have to say it over and over. I will never reject God on this platform, on the podcast, on the TV, doing an interview, anywhere I go in life. They tell me I got to take a marker. I got to get vaccinated. No, no, I will not comply. Hey, look, man, you're talking to a guy who's been handcuffed, beaten. I mean, uh, hogtied. I mean, you know. And I wouldn't give in then. What do you think I'm going to give in now? Talking on the phone ain't going to happen. When I was when I was in Gardner Correctional Institution, man, before they sent me to the supermax in Osborne, they dragged me down the stairs, butt naked, hogtied. Let me tell you that right now. And, put, and four pointed me to a steel slab and left me there for three days. And they checked on me every uh, hour, every two hours, whatever it was. They came in, uncuffed me for a minute or gave me on one hand so I could use the bathroom. You know, I had to catch them when they were doing their rounds. And I looked in, I got to use the bathroom. You know, a couple of times I couldn't, you know, I had to go. Four-pointed the bed, four-pointed, ankles and hand wrists. I tried like hell to bust one of those handcuffs, man. I tried like hell. Boy, oh, boy. Dug into my wrist and everything real bad. I mean, it just, but I tried, and I couldn't break it. Tried to break those handcuffs. Couldn't do it. Forget about the ankles. You know, I wasn't getting those. I mean, if I broke the handcuffs, what was it going to happen anyway? Where was it going to go? Well, you could sit up. That's freedom right there, you know. I got to have a little bit of freedom. I'd be able to sit up without having to lay down. You know, rough. 72-hour, four-point, and then seven days in-house strength and restraints. I mean, that means after, after the four-point, I got to be shackled and chained uh, down. Around the way, but I got, was able to walk around in my cell. Yeah, so he said, he said, you know, I'm just trying to make a point. You know, you, you're not going to break me then. You know, you're not going to break me. I didn't cry one bit. Felt like it, but I didn't. I was more angry. 
You know, so, so again, so I'm not going to give in to my beliefs for the crowd, the wannabe crowd. No. And, and I'm going to fight for, for, for the republic. And I'll fight for people out there. I'll fight for you. You know, if I think something's going down and it's wrong and I could be there, I'll be there. I mean, I don't have a problem. I'll give you the last dollar in my pocket if I know it's for the right cause. You know, I will stand up for what's right. And that's what we need in America. We need more people to do that. You know, but you don't compromise. And people say, well, you're being hypocrite then. Well, you, you know, you're telling me how to believe. I'm not telling you how to believe or what to believe. I'm telling you what the foundations of this country was built upon and what made it great. Obviously, losing that today. Now, tell me something. If we're losing that today, then what's going on? Everything I've described to you so far is what's going on. So why not stop it? Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over with the same results. If we're doing the same darn stuff every day and our country's going downhill, what makes you think we can keep going this way and changing it? We've got to stop and go back to what worked. And what worked was the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence, and doing our best to live by it, applying it to our day-to-day lives with the Holy Scripture, the Bible, God. Not the Koran, not Buddha, not a book of philosophy, not the magic carpet Koran, nothing like that. That's not what made America great. You can believe in the Quran if you want. You can believe in Muhammad or Allah or whatever you want to do. You go right ahead. But don't come to my government building and bring it with you. And don't tell me that it needs to be in our schools. Don't tell me that that's the foundation to which we should teach our children and press upon them those types of beliefs. No. No, no, no. Homosexuality. No. I mean, it's just common sense, man. You can't recreate life if you're a homosexual. If everybody became a homosexual, then how the hell would we carry on as a human race? We'd be extinct in a number of years. We wouldn't be able to recreate any life. <laughs> Use common sense, man. Six five seven three three zero six one six. If anybody's late out there, late night. I don't know if Ron Rex show still on or not, but I did go over there and check his show, and he, I didn't get anything. There was no sound, so I don't know. But anybody wants to talk, you can talk here tonight if you want, uh, or just sound off. I'm not going to mute you. I don't censor people. I'm not like other podcast shows. I'm not going to shut you off. I'm pretty much going to leave you, let you go, say what you got to say, as long as you don't threaten threaten me or threaten anybody else, and uh, you know, that I can't tolerate. I can't have that. Sorry. You know, and, and besides, who would want that and do that anyway? But there are people out there who try. So even if uh, Warren's out there, he can call in wherever he's at. You know, I mean, I, I don't agree with him, but that that's probably the most asinine person I've heard on Blog Talk Radio uh, for the most part over the last few months anyway. But, you know, look, this Israel-Hamas thing. This is, uh, 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 I cannot believe in the city streets of America, we have people demonstrating pro-Hamas. I can't believe it. 
I mean, the the amount. I mean, I believe it's here. But I mean, there are people that believe that, but I just don't believe the numbers. The anti-American numbers. They're shouting basically, but not in direct words. Hate America. Kill America. Kill Western life. European life. They hate us, and we're supporting it. If you have a visa and you're in this country and you're anti-American, you should be shipped out because you don't enjoy constitutional rights like a United States citizen has. You don't enjoy those rights and privileges. Okay? You're not a citizen in this country. That's why we have borders. That's why we need borders. Let me take my first caller here, 909. Go ahead there. You're on live. Hello. Good evening, Joseph. It's Suzette. Bringing it, boys, wife. Hi, Suzette. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? You sound Doing okay. Frustrated. What's on your mind? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Let it out. You already have. <laughs> no, no, I'm just um, <laughs> listening. And, um, yeah, I mean, people should stand up for their beliefs. And none of this, you know, you hear this morning I heard on um, a show that was saying, well, people can't say what they want to say because they'll lose their jobs, you know, so there's certain topics that they can't talk about. And um, it was a blog talk radio show, and there were other um, people that were on there, of course, um, uh, let me see, Judge Joe Brown and a couple other names. And they were having a conversation about the Palestinian Hamas thing that was going on in Israel. And um, the host was telling them that they needed to um, change the subject because there was somebody that's on the line or listening um, that can't really uh, participate in that conversation because of their job. And so everybody got upset and said, yeah, and we're saying, you know, well, then they need to hang up or not participate or turn it off because I'm not going to stop talking about what I'm talking about. Um, just because that person will get fired for their job, they need to make a decision of, you know, are they going to stand up for free speech? And if not, well, then hang up, <laughs> you know, yeah. don't listen then. So she was just, she got upset. Suzette, I value your opinion, obviously. You've you're been on, on this, these podcast shows for a while, and, and you're, you're an activist, or you're out there pro you believe in America? I mean, we may not agree on everything or most subjects, but but what's your take on on uh, Republic? Do you think that we're pretty much lost? I mean, can we fight and get this thing back? You think? No, and that's because of the the upcoming generations. Um, they've already been corrupted, and they don't know it. Um, yep. These these youngsters, and and I when I say youngsters, college age children because they're still children usually by college you start to become a young adult and then you know by then you've developed when you, by the time you graduate start developing your own uh, beliefs and because you're going out into the world you know and and but these people are not ready for the world and they act like children and they want to be treated like adults and every generation says that you know i'm an adult <laughs> treat me like an adult yeah, yeah. and for the most part <laughs> You know, they'll grow into their own. But I've never seen anything like, like I'm seeing now with college-age kids and and their uh, maturity level that they have. It's just not there. I mean, I, know. I, I, I wouldn't even put them at, at um, 
high school level, some of them, you know, it's, it's really sad. It's and to know that, yeah. I'm sorry, and to know that elementary, the people in elementary school right now, there are few, and I hate to say that, I wish there were more, but there are few that have parents that um, correct that behavior and instill their beliefs. And even though their kids have to go to public school, their, their kids do what they have to do, but they already have a mindset that they can separate, you know, what is true and, and what is BS, <laughs> which is nice to know that there are parents out there, you know, with strong beliefs to pass on to their kids. And you're going to always yeah. have some, it's just na- nature to rebel, but at least they have a foundation. And again, that's very few that, that I'm noticing, and I wish there were more. I know, I know. I mean, it's got to be scary for you. I mean, obviously, you're like I said, you're a patriot. I mean, I agree on everything, but but you 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 know what America is supposed to be about. You know, public. You know history. You're an educated woman. You, I mean, and and but today, most of the people out there, they're not. And, and you can't even have this conversation that you and I are having. This, I, I would say, roughly eighty percent of the people out there you come in contact with today. That's that's giving a generous side to it. I mean, it's just so scary. I mean, it's just, and I'm glad you answered that honestly because I think we're going to. I don't think. I mean, I'm still going to fight for what's right, stand up for what I believe, mm-hmm. but I don't think we can. I just don't think we can win it back. I just don't. No. You're right. And yeah, I mean, I'm not till the fat lady sings, you know, and that's just the way it goes. That's what patriots do. But it's 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 an uphill battle for sure. You know, yeah. and I think I got Sarge on the line here, too. I think I'm going to connect him through. Uh, I don't want to cut you off, but uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Hear, hear him talk. I just want to let you know I got him on the line waiting. I thank you, Tim. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, well, what I see in the future for our country is um, it's going to have to start anew. And there are going to be secessions. You know, between states, there are already 17 that have filed uh, for secession, 17 states. And um, and they can't help it. It's not a matter of wanting, not wanting to be a part of the United States, but it's a matter of what happened to the United States and not seeing any way to, to fix it. You know, we have the Article 5 Constitution of States or Convention of States. But the thing is, though, is there has to be... <laughs> that's good. Well, that's good. And we can do the best that we can with that, but we also have to have rules in Washington that will abide by what that is. <laughs> and so, and that's, that's right. what's, you know, I'm stuck with. Anyway, go ahead and take Sarge's call. Yeah. Is this Sarge's private caller? Go ahead, private caller. If it's Sarge, if not, it's whoever it is, go ahead. You know the You're voice. Unmuted. Yep. Oh, you can John hear Doe. me now. Okay. There go you ahead, go. Hey, go ahead. Suzette, let, let hey, it Joseph. Yeah, well, you guys are – I'm sorry, the system's cutting out. That's okay. Go ahead, John Doe. Go ahead. You got the floor. No, I I disagree. I agree with everything you guys are saying. In my humble opinion, I think a lot of it has to do with the evolution of the information age has been so rapid and so strong, and the breadth, depth, and scope of it's been so wide and deep that so many people get access to so much information, they make up their own mind based on their own wants and desires and needs. And that's why young kids growing up in this age 
don't have the same limitations that their parents did about the knowledge that they're exposed to and that they're able to digest and define, you know, their own, make up their own minds about. And so they think the older generation are narrow-minded and don't really have the knowledge base. And that may be true to a certain point, but the experience and wisdom that the older folks have needs to come into play with a lot of the young folk too and we get kind of in my humble opinion everything's my opinion so you know take everything with a grain of salt but uh, we get caught up in the way we're explaining things sometimes is hard for other people to parse it the same way we're thinking it and we assume that they're understanding everything the way we understand it but then whenever they say something that proves they're taking what we just said out of context now we're on a different rabbit trail and it's my opinion that satan just wants to keep that going and so i'm challenged to trying to find a new way to communicate with people to make sure that we're staying on track and and we're speaking the same thing and we're able to it's hard to do but that's yeah, just one of the biggest problems for i'm sorry and i said it's a hard question it's a hard question to ask ourselves every day because we're finding the communication gaps and barriers are growing so large between us yeah yeah well even you know, when it comes to what's right and wrong about you know is it evil or good i mean to me i don't have a problem with people coming together in like mind to go save another nation or to get rid of a tyrant that's running roughshod over its people. The problem is, is when it goes the opposite direction here, here America is the most free, liberating, independently, you know, to the individual country in all of history, period. I mean, there's no other country comparable, but then we do have our problems in this country, but then you have people that's in our country and outside our country that focus on the bad aspects of our country, and they're not trying to help overcome it, and they use that as a justification for people like Hamas to do what they're doing to Israel. And I'm like, give me a break, and i got to figure out how to be a better communicator to reach those people and to bring it back to, well, what is right about the two sides now? Is the Hamas philosophy a world philosophy that we should all embrace, or is the Israeli philosophy the philosophy that we need to acknowledge and embrace? Or should we say both of them are wrong and we need to focus on the American philosophy? Because every one of us are going to pick a religion. Atheism is a religion. Agnosticism is a religion. Secularism is a religion. It still boils down to our values, morals, ethics, and principles. But how do we really speak to each other's hearts and minds to come to a way of treating each other more humane and move forward in unity? That's a tricky thing to do, and I think all these conversations are hopefully contributing to that, furthering the growth of that and saving not only America, but saving humanity in the process. And I believe it's still possible, but I agree with you guys too. It's a very steep uphill climb, so the odds are very against it. Back yeah, to you, thanks yeah, for I got, time. I got, yeah, I got 505 too on here. We're the conversation, hopefully. I don't know who it is, so let's see. Go ahead, 505 real quick. Well, I was just uh, – uh, this is Robert from um, 
NWCR Radio, Conservative Nation Media. Oh, hey, Robert. I, How you doing? I pretty much agree with you. It's it's getting to the point where it's almost too late to do anything about it. But I figure as long as we've got our republic, there's still a chance. But the problem comes in in the way everybody's being taught now. And even our politicians are calling us a democracy, and we're not. We probably are now, but we never we were not formed to be. But everybody yeah. calls us a democracy, and we are not. We are a constitutional republic, and that's just that's the way this country was founded. But nobody will call it that, and it just yeah. drives me insane when I hear like a a Jim Jordan or or a uh, uh, even President Trump when he was when he was president, he called us a democracy, and we're not. And everybody's being brainwashed that we're doing the wrong things, and nobody's vetting or trying to figure out what the heck is actually really happening. And it's like you had said, the kids are kids are, are like um, bringing up boy's wife said, the kids have already been taught. They've already been brainwashed into thinking that this is not the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Who's that? You, you, uh, back to you. You, you can make up a lot of good points. Yep. Uh, convention of the states and everything. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to connect the other two callers. Uh, I mean, uh, to further along, you said, no, we can't fix this. We're most likely doomed, but, but we're still going to keep fighting and we're not trying to take away from that. But it, convention of the states, um, I signed up for that. There's other things out there other than the convention of the states, but that's what worries me. Everybody's trying to pick their, their, their front lines to fight on. I mean, don't you think we should, like, stick to one? all unify on, under one flag instead of all these different flags fighting? Well, certainly. But the thing is, is and I hear it uh, from other blog talk radio shows, I'll, I'll join a progressive conversation um, or a left conversation um, just because you know, when they're speaking, they speak in general terms as a whole as in all Republicans feel this way or all Republicans do that or conservatives. And that bugs me a lot. <laughs> it makes yeah. me hair on the back of my neck stand up, you know, because we're not a lump sum in a basket. Now, they may be, and I can actually use that in general terms because they back each other up, right or wrong. You know, they'll go off that cliff if necessary, but at least they're backing each other. They can organize. That's true. They're good at that. Yeah. They have yeah. one mindset that works. You know, whatever that 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 daily um whatever it is that day protest, they're together and they have the same slogans and you know they just they organize well. There are several organizations out there that are just waiting in the wings to for the next thing to happen so that they can protest it. You know, it's um I'm, I have those pages bookmarked of those organizations and what they talk about they're paid to do and how they train people and recruit people. And um, and so Republicans yeah. were independently minded, and, and that's that can be a problem when it comes to uniting against something that is for our own good. <laughs> um, the whole thing about the greater good bothers a lot of people, which it should, but there are circumstances where it needs to happen. Um, for the greater good, and that is for the country to be restored um, to its constitutional value. Um, we don't have that. We don't value that as much as we do our jobs or our, you know, being ostracized by our neighbors or, or whatever. 
we're more concerned about that these days than, than we are about the country that we live in, not realizing that if you don't do something now and sacrifice that job for in the meantime and find another means to support yourself or prepare yourself so that you can support yourself in the event that that happens, you know, then, then that's it, you know, it's gone. And before you know it, you'll look around and go, well, we still have the constitution, don't we? No, we don't. No. We haven't. And you knew that, but you still decided to go to work and choose that over your country. And I get it. It's, know. you know, you got kids to feed, you got bills to pay. And that's why I say, if you position yourself, be self-sustaining in the best way that's possible to where it's not going to hurt so bad. Um, when you do make those sacrifices, including myself, then it's, then it won't be so bad, you know. But just relying on your job and being paid by others, then, of course, you're not going to be in that position. And you're just going to have to suck it up <laughs> when we it all it goes down. Yeah. They do everything for a job, even like the cops, you know, and the police. I mean, they, they're so well-trained, and they, and they know what right from wrong, but yet they'll go along to get along because that's part of the, the tribe. You know, how many police do uh, will follow a bad policy or an unconstitutional law just because they're not going to mm-hmm. risk losing their job? Yeah. Isn't that And that's, and that's unfortunate. We yeah. lost our fight. You know, we lost our fight. We had, you know, people that put their lives on the line and maimed and killed you know, just to have the country in the first place, to be outside of control, and and just to have their their ancestry, us basically, just give it back, <laughs> give it away. Yeah. And it's very disappointing. Yeah. But I mean, just simple things. Okay, you can make water distillers or do do it yourself. Um, videos and information online to be self-sustaining. Um, should the pardon my language, should the shit hit the fan. <laughs> Um, yeah, and things yeah. you can prepare your family for, or even if you just lose your job, things that you can do to take care of yourself and your family. And it's not that hard. And there are a lot of ingenious people that are out there that put these videos and information out there. And I'm just amazed and so thankful that they have, um, because a lot of those I, I pay attention to and follow. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't think... I just don't think we have to fight. You know, talking and actions are yeah. two different things, and I haven't seen very much action. There's too many groups that oh. think that they oh, need no. to do this, these things, their beliefs, to restore the country, forgetting what the country is about. And, and it's about coming yeah. together, like you said, and having one yeah. hub where all the information can be filtered through and use it to our advantage, not to to put down somebody else because um, they didn't know something. Well, now now they know because you told them. That's a good thing. Share that information. Don't take credit for yeah. it. I mean, people want credit for things that they do, and it's like, no, 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 no. You don't take credit because it's a king it's a thing. It's a country thing. It's a patriot thing. So it's a good oh, thing to that share so the information. Good. Yeah, that is so good what you just said right there. You know, yeah, yeah, we want individual credit, and you're right, instead of giving it to something that doesn't have to have the credit, and that's our, our, our country. You know, we don't do anything as a country anymore, a patriot thing. Oh, that was so perfect how you said that, you know, and and Thank we've you. lost that. We've lost that so much. Uh, John Doe, you wanted to say yeah. something? I agree. It's not about me or the individual. It's about the pr- process of how to uplift everybody and protect everybody so they can live their pursuit of happiness without harming others and get the most independent freedom and, you know, justice for the whole of all people. 
and it's a very tricky thing to do. It, and it, the details, like Suzette was alluding to, it's like people, and even Robert was speaking about, just speaking about republic. A lot of people say we're a republic. Well, we've never really been a republic, in my humble opinion, since at least about 1808. And that's basically because when we get down to the details of how stuff's supposed to work, somebody wants to be the master and dictate and bully because they think, well, nothing will get done, so I have to be a bully. Well, you just violated the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. The Constitution, Article 1, Section 9 and 10 says no title of nobility. So for anybody to think that they have to do it their way puts themselves in the position where they think they're God. And I have to balance all of everything I think and say off of my friends because I'm not perfect. So I require people like you guys to share what you know and provide another perspective to help me check myself. Because sometimes I'm overstepping or stepping outside of the understanding of how things should be working in the republic, and I have to have somebody, you know, kind of put a thumb on me and say, well, wait, if you do that, aren't you just, you know, violating Joe or whoever it might be? And then I have to ask myself that question, am I really honoring them or am I actually well, – John, though, there's also a divide in this country between the people and the cultures. If we have, like, for instance, uh, the, the people from the, uh, the black the black race or African-American, whatever you want to call it, whatever your different names all the time, but the, but the minority groups, there's a divide and a, and a social divide between us because many of them just don't are angry with America. It's a deep-rooted angry because of the history of this country, and they feel like they were left out and they weren't at the table in the beginning. So therefore, it's not about them, and it was never theirs to begin with, and they don't really want it. But yet, they want the freedoms and they want the the benefits, but at the same time, they don't want the pay uh, the the sacrifice that's included, like when, the responsibility. America, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And and, and it's wrong, you know. And I just don't. I just. I mean, I, I don't know how to reach that other side sometimes. I mean, I've had so many people come on my platform on Blog Talk Radio from different groups out there where I've tried to reach out and, and, and unify the voices out there, but it just seems like it can never. I remember, remember there was a guy that used to come on my podcast show, Mendelicon. Remember him, Mendelicon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he used to come on here. Yeah, yeah, he passed away, actually. He's, he's no longer with it. Right. He passed away. Um, yeah, I'm aware of that. Come on, the, for the listeners yeah, that don't yeah. know, it's good information to make sure they do. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, we were kind of a friends in a way, and we would talk for hours sometimes after the show or during the week. And he, But he was on a different side that I was. He was anti-American value, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we connected, you know, and we were we connected down the anti-government type of aspect of things. But where we disagreed was with the Constitution and God and the foundations of this country. He couldn't stand it. He couldn't stand it. Yeah, he was more Marxist. From what I remember, he was more Marxist. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah correct. He was about the so, red, green, and blue, or whatever the flag is. For that. <laughs> <I just kept, laughs> Pan Am African Network, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The People's Revolution. Uh huh. Yeah, that's the point you know. that I think many of us are making, and definitely I was trying to make, is that each one of us are living within our own experience of life, and we think we understand the Constitution, and when people challenge us that, oh, you're not living by a you know, republic or a constitution, well, we're like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. And so getting to the facts and evidence that you're always trying to you know, get us to focus on is very hard to do. And you know, when it comes to a republic, and this is just my own personal perspective, I hear a lot of people talking about, oh, we're, you know, we're a republic, we're a constitution. Well, when these people get elected to office to represent us, that does not mean that they get to be dictators and then deny us our due process rights and redress of grievances. Otherwise, they just made you and I legislative slaves, and we are no longer independent, self-governing, free people. And so for anybody to argue that once somebody gets elected into office, they get to dictate these burdens and encumbrances, and we have no right to redress of grievance, then you're committing self-suicide or legislative suicide yourself. Does that make sense? Well, yes, and, and the media also perpetuates it by making these people out to be a bit larger than they are when they're just average people that got elected. You know, they they put their pants on the same as, as I do, you know, every morning, you know, and it's just bizarre to me how people, oh, my gosh, there's a senator. Oh, my gosh, there's a House of Representatives. Oh, my gosh. I, got, I don't even know what to say. I'm so nervous right now. This is so cool. Or they follow me on <laughs> me, social media, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, okay. Well, why is this so cool? I mean, great, but, <laughs> you know, they're not anybody special. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just the average Joe, you know. Yep, that's mm-hmm. correct. And you know, I was just on a podcast show earlier on, and we had the most heat. I don't know if you heard it or not, or if you were a part of it. Uh, but uh, Donnie C show. Well, you know, I had was. The, yeah, you were there. And what? what uh, I, I don't know if Suzette was there. Or not, but what, what was what was your take, John Doe, of that that exchange? And you heard me. I got attacked very hardly. I, I mean, they were coming after me there, except for Sarge. And you, what, what was your take on that? I mean, your opinion. Well, I just kind of like what I said on the show at that point is I thought a lot of each one of us are trying to communicate in the best way we know how, and the other people are misconstruing or either purposefully or ignorantly, one way or another, they're misconstruing and either taking it out of context because they ignorantly didn't understand where you're coming from or. They didn't care where you're coming from. They wanted to manipulate it some other way. And I'm I'm sad to think that there's other people that have bad moral or, well, they just don't have good faith intentions. Bad faith, I guess, is what it is. So to me, you know, I agree with our Constitution, but that's so generic. And, for example, just to try to bring more specific specificity, whatever that word is, specificity to it, is like when they're complaining about the money going to Israel, well, as a believer in God and the Declaration of Independence, I agree that I should not be able to 
forced my fellow man to put money into the coffers that I, as an elected official, get to use to do stuff against their will, whether I agree with them or not. Now, me personally, I can send my money to Israel if I want to, but I can't take the money out of the um, government till and use it for my purposes if it's against the will of what other people want. So now I've just told them that they don't matter, and I've violated the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution myself. So I well, hang on a second, that. John Doe. All right, well, hang on a second. Let me play. Let me throw this at you, though. But you elected the people, elected people in government to represent us, and we have they have to represent us on a global stage. Now the glo- you know, because it so they elect us to they elect excuse me they elect politicians and these political representatives to like I said representatives on a global stage and therefore the affairs in other countries many Americans uh, that live day to day in America don't understand foreign policy really and they don't understand the military or they don't understand how things or other governments are operating because they don't travel there as uh, ambassadors or they're not over there in the U.S. embassies to dealing with other governments. So it's hard for them to fully understand why some uh, monies are given to other governments for what reasons. Now, as far as Israel goes, again, God, uh, look, I, 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 I'm not going to talk again. God, I believe in God. I believe in uh, uh, the Bible. I believe Israel, uh, you know, look, God gave Abraham that land. I mean, if I believe in the Bible, I have to believe that. And what Hamas did last weekend to those uh, Jews and the American citizens over there and others, was absolutely disgusting. It was horrific and violent, and it was that was not an act of war. That was an act of terrorism, and 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 it's just despicable. I don't care if there. I know there's propaganda and there's misconstrued stories coming, but look, they did commit atrocities. And in their own charter that was created in 1987, it states that they want to kill us and that we are their enemy. Jews, Americans, Europeans, they're the enemy of Hamas. And that's a military wing of the, of the Palestinians that are over in Gaza Strip and West Bank that, that really now has gone too far. And they've always gone too far with their terrorist attacks and suicide bombings. And, and Israel has a right to defend themselves. And, and look, this war now, Israel's declared war on them, and they got to do what they got to do to protect their people, and I would do the same if it was my family or my country. I would have to root out every evil thug that's there, and unfortunately, war is hell, and there's always going to be casualties on sides that you don't want there to be casualties. That's just the way war is. It's imperfect, and it shows the ugly nature of mankind, and, 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 you know, and I'm sure God's not happy with it, but at the same time, what they did was wrong. And, and, and it has there has to be justice. We have to be a rule of there has to be a rule of law. Uh, what's your opinion, Suzette, on uh, Hamas and Israel? I, I know you have mentioned too much about that so far. What's your opinion on that? Well, if she's still there, oh, there you are. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> with um, well, I could say almost we were partly responsible for that. With Biden releasing the five hostages and then giving the $6 billion to sweeten the deal. It wasn't anything that we owed Iran um, like we did before when money was given to them under the Obama administration and those pallets of money were leaving the country. Um, We did have, we did that embargo and we froze their funds. So technically it was their money, but, and he, that's what he said that he released to them on those pallets. And now this deal here under Biden 
as far as I understand it, um, the six billion was on top of the release of those five hostages, and so that money was supposed to be used for humanitarian efforts. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, um, and it just exactly. so happened. Yeah, <laughs> that all these weapons ended up in in Hamas's hands, and we had um, gun running before with the United States, as far as history goes, uh, with through Mexico and in Benghazi. And so we know, for people that don't know, we sell weapons, arms, and finance other countries to take on other countries. So we don't have to get involved, but we will if necessary. And, and that's what we're kind of doing with Ukraine. And um, with the Hamas deal, I think, <laughs> I think those two countries should fight it out as far as Palestine <laughs> basically asked for Hamas to come in because they were they felt like they were getting beaten up on by Israel. The two mm-hmm. countries themselves, if they would have fought it out, you know, like mom says, you two over there, you better, if you're going to fight about it, then fight it out outside together. Here, go outside. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and there then whoever. There you winner. go. <laughs> yeah. And don't involve anybody else. Don't let anybody else interfere. Nobody sent any weapons. Nobody sent anything to these two countries to, to you know, duke it out. And if the Palestinians were smart, they would side with Israel and fight against Hamas because the Palestinians don't care really about the Palestinians, or Hamas doesn't care about the Palestinians. And because they don't stand with Israel terrorists and go for the peace that they had originally wanted when they had started with the Abraham Accords, um, then they get what they get. And I hate to say that because there are children, their lives, all lives matter. Yeah. But unfortunately, you have to make a stand. When it comes to that type of situation, you have to choose a side because these wars keep continuing and lives keep being lost on either side of that Gaza wall. And it's, and it's sad. And, and you guys want to keep doing this to each other? Or let's just get it over with and be done with it, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It, it sounds cruel, but what else are we to do? I mean, we can't get involved in every little war that comes up. You know, we're tied to NATO and other countries are tied to NATO. And we have the U.N. that's supposed to be keeping peace. But what are they doing? They put out a statement against one country or the other rather than trying to calm things down and get to a peaceful level. No, no, no. They've got to pick on one side or the other. And that's not their job. That's not what we're paying them to do, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Point. So anyway, that's my opinion yeah. on it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. And, and they can't live coincide with each other side by side. They've, it's obviously been tried. There's too many uh, at corporate actors in there and, and thugs that are gonna, and instigators that are going to instigate. Look, like you said, that, that would have been great if the Palestinians took the side of it. Uh, look, those news reports would have funneled out no matter who was trying to hide them. If, if all those if a few million people would have stood against Hamas, people would have recognized that. You know, and 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 would have looked really good for for the uh, uh, Palestinians over there. But again, like you said, look, fight it out. I think that's the best thing to do. And then look, you know, the, the Palestinians come from Jordan, uh, Egypt, uh, Syria. That's where their original uh, uh, roots are from. You know what? Israel's going to exist whether they like it or not, and they don't because I know they they look they they don't like Jews. They don't like Israel. They don't want Israel to have a state. Look at the. The war that happened in '67. 
So they're just going to continue their, their attacks, and Iran's going to continue to sponsor terrorism. That's your culprit right there, Iran. Really, that's, that's, that's the main point of uh, access of evil, Iran. And, I mean, look at the 1970s. Let's go back to the 70s with the hostage crisis. I mean, Iran has been an instigator in the Middle East for many, many, many years since its inception. And, uh, yeah, but now what do we do? We go World War III because we know Russia is involved with Iran, and China is now too, and North Korea now. So we got the four. I mean, it's just a mess. And, and, and really, is, we're heading again, towards world, if, you know? <laughs> If we agree to let them fight it out and nobody get involved. Now, we know Iran had originally has been financing Hamas. And so if the Palestinians are, are given the strength of Israel as far as to fight against Hamas, then you'll have these other countries that will start fighting against Hamas because they don't like to be under their control either. They're bullies. They're mean. And if you don't train right, you know, they'll kill you. <laughs> Off of yeah, their heads. yeah, and and yeah, and, and they're afraid of them, and so we need to to build them up. If they side with Israel, <laughs> that's a if. Yeah, you know that's a big if. And and as far as the uh, arms with Hamas, well, if Iran, if we can prevent them from, um, and I think Russia would agree uh, that is uh, Iran not financing Hamas anymore to let them fight on their own. If that's what they want to do, fight on their own and see how long they last. Yeah. And Right. And that was Did you hear? Go ahead. No, I was just thinking. You know, we I heard in the beginning of that conversation that let them fight it out themselves and everybody else stay out of it. Now it's more people getting involved because they have their own interest. Most of the North Korea and you know Russia and China, those particular groups, they're tyrant dictator type nations. America is not, even though we do have our problems with tyrant dictators within our system. But the point of it is, is if we do not stand up and help the good guys, even though Israel might not be the good guy, they're the best guy in the fight. And if we don't do something to help encourage them all to be freedom-loving, independent, self-governing type mentality people, you know, declaration of independence mindset, then we stay out of it. Evil seeks to conquer. Good seeks to provide life and um, benefit of peace. So evil gets away with what they want to do. They will come to your doorstep and misery will visit you because misery loves company. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yes and no. Um, if we continue on on this path that we're on, allowing Iran to build up their weapons and so forth, like they are now, if we don't do something as far as to shut them down with sanctions or something like that, I mean, what's to say that they won't turn on Russia? They're not very reliable, and Iran in that position many years ago um, to begin with, and. Unfortunately, our country isn't all that great either as far as when it comes to meddling in other countries' affairs. But, um, again, if Hamas is What's that? No, I was just going to say it's more about how we're meddling and why we're meddling as opposed to whether we're meddling or not. Because really, like we're pointing out, we need to meddle. We need to be meddling in the right way for the right reasons. 
and not creating more of a problem because the you know communist fascist dictatorial nation states don't give a flip about any other way except dominating from their perspective and if we become one of them under the label of freedom and liberty and independence well we're just hypocrites well i think that israel actually can can take out palestine and whoever's there unfortunately they have the might to do it and and bb's shown some of that strength by you know just non non-stop barrages of missiles into gaza right now so there's casualties and and that's unfortunate they did warn them though that they needed to to leave or take cover but nevertheless um israel has to show its strength otherwise it'll always be considered this little country that can be, get beaten up on and these dictators will continue to try to take them out as far as them coming for us here in, in the united states we we still have when i was looking up the different weaponry on this one um website that shows the weaponry for that countries have and that are buying in the process of receiving and so forth um we've, we've got a lot of things going on right now and so do other countries um which surprisingly um sweden <laughs> and germany and they're stocking wow. up too on different types of military weapons yeah i can find that site and give it to you and put it in the chat room um but yeah, yeah so when you look at that it's it's very telling in itself so let me do that i'll, I'll mute myself while i'm getting yeah. that yeah into the Thank chat you, room. okay I appreciate mm-hmm. uh appreciate your phone call tonight calling in as well. I know it's late. Uh it's always good to hear from you. Uh Robert uh, or John Doe, uh yeah, we're getting ready here to wrap it up soon. Any closing thoughts? Uh Robert, you go first and I'll give it to John Doe. Well, actually I was just listening and I was kind of everything that um Sus- Suzette said was was just right on the money and um I I just really have nothing much more to say. Everything is uh, okay. That's okay. Right. Yeah, I just didn't know if you had anything else you wanted to add. I appreciate you tuning in here late at night, and and I like the idea of unifying the shows uh, uh, that we talked about. Uh, of course, we'll talk more in the future, but hopefully soon within the next couple of days, because uh, I want to get moving on that. Actually, uh, it's a shame that everybody doesn't see it that way. But I, you know what? I think if we pick up speed and we pick up uh, popularity, and the listening base really grows. I think that other people will jump on, will be like a magnet, you know? I really think that. I think so, too. So, uh, yeah. And, 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 and trust me, on my staple night show, I've got quite a following. So uh, on, my, on, my, on my platform on, a, on Tuesday night, so if we can bring them over and all unify under one umbrella, uh, it'd be great. You know, because I'm not giving up anything. My name's still going to remain the same, and I don't have to lose yep. my night. So, uh, you know. Absolutely. Okay, sounds good. Uh, John Doe, you got anything you want to hear at it? Yeah, I know it's been a long night. We've been at it now for quite some time. I, and, again, I appreciate it. I've got a few people on the board here listening, so I appreciate you guys tuning in. John Doe? Yeah, well, I appreciate it too, Joe, um, Joe. And also, Robert and Suzanne, all of you guys are hosts. You have your own show. You ought to everybody plug your show so that way people that pick this up as a podcast later, they'll have at least some knowledge from that perspective of the different shows that are available out there to come and tune in. But I'm just hopeful that we all will have enough connection with the one and only true God that the Holy Spirit will speak to our minds and bring forth the wisdom and knowledge for us to start turning this around and get us back on track again. I don't think it's too far out there, even though it is uphill climb. 
and I hope we can all just continue to keep on trying to look for the best at moving forward with each other as opposed to um, getting caught up in these arguments and just beating each other down. We, it's yeah. not productive. But anyway, thanks for the time for now. Back to you, Joe. Appreciate you. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, Robert, real quick, plug your show real quick. Go ahead. And, uh, uh, okay. and then uh, well, I've got a few things here to say at the end. Go ahead. Um, one of the things he just got through saying, that's uh, with with our Heavenly Father and Jesus, that's the only way we can get this country back right at the moment. And my show is uh, NWCR Radio. It's on Conservative Nation Media. Uh, it airs at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday nights. That's great, great to have that's everybody great. Yeah, yeah, well, that's great. And Suzette, if you're still there, I understand if you're if you're doing something right now. If you can, uh, plug your show real quick if you can. Maybe not. I'm on Spreaker.com. Um, you can find me under Welcome to Suzette Live. I'm on every Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and uh, that's where you can find me. You can find out. Um, I'm mostly talking about geopolitical stuff, and also I like to get into the DIY stuff to help people prepare for. Or for anything. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, right here to wrap up the podcast. I know it's late. Nobody has to stay sticking around, but I've got, I'm going to play this. It was from earlier today. As you guys pick it up later on, maybe and then it'll be downloaded. But for those of you that are on the phone line, I know there's a few others of private callers and whatnot. You're probably, I know, I think I know who you guys are. Uh, I'm going to play this live stream. It's from Christians United, and it's about 28 minutes long, but it was so powerful today. They did the show, and they talked about the Israel and Hamas uh, situation, and they outlined the history of Israel real good, and uh, it's called Christians United. Um, it was really good. So I'm going to put that here for the wrap-up of the ending of the show. So for everybody that was listening tonight, I appreciate it. God bless you. Be safe. And God bless the Republic, everybody. God bless the Republic. Joe? Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm Steve Z, along with Pastor Vince, and this is the podcast for Christians United for God and Country and the United States Prayer Force. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, we are a podcast that has uh, that's dedicated to lifting up our voices in prayer for America. But today, because of what's going on in the world, we're extending our prayer uh, reach out to the Middle East. If you understand what's going on, I'm sure you do. There's a lot going on in the Middle East, and Israel is at war. Right now, uh, the Palestinian people are struggling uh, to flee from this area known as the Gaza Strip. It's going to be targeted by the Israeli military. Um, and there's always, right, as, as usual in situations like this, there's a, a growing uh, dearth of water. Uh, medical supplies are in sh- uh, you know, great need and things like that are going to happen. This is going to be a very devastating, bloody, and wide-ranging attack into Israel. But why is this attack taking place? Well, it's because a group known as Hamas decided to launch an attack into Israel within the last several days, and uh, actually more than a week. We spoke about this last Saturday. And uh, we wanted to touch on a little bit of the history of Israel and the Palestinians, because Israel and the United States have been closely allied for for as long as I've been alive, certainly and long before that. Uh, Pastor, America and Israel are close friends for a number of reasons, but one is, I mean, 
America has been a refuge for many Jewish people for a long time, uh, escaping, you know, difficulties in, in Israel and, and other places around the world. It's also because America is a strong source for the Christian faith. And uh, Israel is where the Christian faith originated with the birth of Jesus Christ, is uh, his ministry there and his death, burial, and resurrection took place in Israel. So um, our ties with, with Israel and the Jewish people are very strong as Christians, no doubt about that. But uh, there's this other, other group out there, the Palestinians, and it's a fight over land, but it's a fight over more than that. We wanted to touch on it. And I know you've got some great history we want to hear about. First of all, we wanted to find out about this group, Hamas and how they relate to the Palestinians, and just who are they? What have you got to say? Well, Hamas uh, is an Islamic movement that was founded in the year 1987 with the sole aim of establishing a Palestinian independent state within Israel's borders. Uh, it's also known as the Islamic Resistance Movement. It's a political and a military organization. Uh, it's Probably some of you have heard of the uh, Muslim Brotherhood. This is actually a, a split from the Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, they control now the area that you might want to let our folks see here who are watching, sure. uh, known as the Gaza Strip. All right, so the Gaza Strip uh, is one of the most densely populated areas in the world. It's, it's really the third most densely populated area in the world. Uh, the Gaza Strip is like, you know, within the borders of Israel, it's 25 miles long. And, uh, you know, it ranges from 3.7 to 7.5 miles wide, and it is now inhabited by 2.38 million people. They are all Palestinians, okay, who are living in there. But anyway, getting back to uh, uh, Hamas, uh, as we said, they control the Gaza Strip, and they believe as Muslims, they believe and practice jihad, mm -hmm. all right, which is holy war, and intifada, which is a shaking off, all right, and they want complete eradication and destruction of the nation of Israel. If you look at the map right here, you'll see the orange area is technically Israel. There's two spots. There's one called the West Bank, and there's the Gaza Strip, which you can see there, the lines pointing to them, that constitutes Palestine in the, in today's world, correct? Right, they're, but right. they're within the borders, okay, of, of the, the nation yeah. of Israel. Right. All right, but uh, Hamas, all right, their ultimate goal is the complete destruction, all right, of the nation of Israel. So it's not just land. It's not land. No. All right, uh, you know, sometimes when you hear politicians talk, they talk about, you know, uh, you know, within the land of Israel, you have, uh, you know, a two-state resolution or solution in regard to the troubles that have taken place there. Hamas wants nothing to do with it. They, won't allow they want to completely destroy the nation of Israel. They want to completely kill every Jew. But Israel has been gracious enough to go along with those plans, to, to authorize a two-state resolution, even though deep in their hearts they know that that's not the way it should be. Right, and what you have happening now is this. Mm -hmm. uh, Hamas is acting out on their plans because they have been given weapons, mm -hmm. okay, undoubtedly by the Iranians and others. Uh, and so uh, they are now acting out what their ultimate intention is, to war against Israel. Mm -hmm. All right? And, uh, you know, there's not going to be any solution in regard to that. I think Israel has finally come to the understanding that 
they have to completely remove, okay, Hamas sure. from within their borders. Right. Interesting, though, um, we've got a lot of things going on in America now, uh, people that are observing Israel right now and the Palestinians and what's going on, and there's a lot of protests on both sides. However, there's an interesting protest going on in our universities, and they seem to be pro-Hamas. It doesn't make any sense. It seems to me that if you look at 1948 is when Israel became a nation again after many, many, many years of, of non-existence. It seems that these folks don't understand the history of what went on in Israel and what went on before 1948. Is that well, right? yeah, not only do they not have an understanding of the history of the nation of Israel, mm-hmm. they don't even understand, all right, Hamas. Right. Okay, because if you really understood their intentions, you can see. Yes. All right. When you kill, when you have an organization here, it's a military organization as well as political. As you said. Sure. All right. And you have the killing and beheading of babies and children, and the killing. All right. Of uh, of uh, you know elderly people and women and so forth mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. You have to be completely ignorant in thinking that these people are the oppressed. Okay, and as we said, as we were going back, you know, in regard to what their ultimate goal is, Hamas, all right, uh, they believe and maintain, all right, that Palestine, mm-hmm. all right, is to be an is is to be an Islamic homeland and can never, all right, be surrendered to non-Muslims. That's Jew, Gentile, anybody, right. all right, and uh, they believe that the waging a holy war is the uh, religious duty. All right, of Palestinian Muslims, jihad. Well, they're practicing, yes, jihad. Right. All right, that's their holy war. And so that's what you have going on right now, all right? And because, all right, you have, as we just mentioned a moment ago, you have people that don't understand anything about the history of Israel, all right? They have no understanding about groups like Hamas and so Mm -hmm. forth and so on, uh, and they're ignorant, all right? And I believe that many of them are ignorant, okay? And if they're they're not ignorant, they're completely wicked, okay, in regard to, uh, you know, protesting against Israel Mm -hmm. and coming out and believing that, uh, you know, groups like Hamas are doing the right thing. Well, if you take the history back far enough, if you take it back into the Old Testament times, which I'm sure today's modern liberal individual doesn't want to look at because they don't believe the Bible is a valid document, regardless of whether it's you know, proven itself true time after time. But if you go back to the Old Testament, there was a man named Abraham who lived in the Ur of the Chaldees, correct? And God touched base with him and said, look, I want you to leave your homeland and I want you to go to this land that I've prepared for you. And that territory was just east of the Mediterranean, which is now Israel. The Jordan River, the Dead Sea, and all those uh, landmarks uh, were there. That land was originally given to Abraham, who is the founding father of the Jewish people, correct? Correct. Okay. What happened? Why did Israel disappear? What happened to it at that point? Well, you know, as we look at the Old Testament scriptures, right. uh, we see that God, okay, because of Israel's sin, right. getting involved in idolatry and right. so forth and so on, and uh, departing from their, you know, faith in the living and the true God, God allowed other nations, kingdoms to conquer them. Babylonians, the Assyrians, you know. And finally, when you get to the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have, they are under Roman domination. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Rome is ruling the world, and because Rome is ruling the world, you know, Israel is under Roman domination. However, they are 
still a nation. Right. Okay. But uh, what ultimately happens after the crucifixion, 40 years after the crucifixion, mm-hmm. 70 AD, all right, right before then, okay, you had a uh, the, the, the nation of Israel revolted, all right? And in order to put down that, that uh, revolt, uh, Rome sent uh, a Roman general by the name of Titus to Rome, and he conquers the city of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Right. All right, during that siege of Jerusalem, and the ultimate, you know, ultimate conquest of Jerusalem, all right, when it was finally finished in 70 AD, 1.1 million Jews were killed. Mm-hmm. Okay, 97,000 Jews were taken back to Rome and sold into slavery, mm-hmm. and the 40,000 that remained within the city were told that they could disperse and go anywhere they wanted to go. Mm-hmm. All right, so from really that point in time and going on a little bit further in their history, okay, Israel is going to really, in essence, cease to exist as right. a nation. Sure. There's another revolt uh, in, in, uh, that took place starting about nine, in, in uh, 130, and began into uh, ended in 135 A.D. when you have a Roman emperor by the name of Hadrian. Now, as I said, Jerusalem had been completely destroyed in 70 A.D. The walls had been knocked down. The temple had been destroyed. The city pretty much, in essence, ceased to exist. But uh, Hadrian, the Roman emperor at that time, 130 A.D., uh, was planning to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, right. and he was going to build, you know, the temple of. The temple had been destroyed also along with the city, and he was going to build a temple in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount where the temple had existed all right, to the god Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so uh, that led to a Jewish revolt against the Roman government, and Rome came in again and uh, conquered the land. And at that time, uh, a half a million Jews were killed. And pretty much from that point in time on, all right, Israel to exist as a nation. They were pretty much dispersed throughout the, you know, where they went to the Middle East, wherever they went, they were, mm-hmm. they dis- they were dispersed sure. as a nation. And so uh, uh, from that time until the 20th century, as you already mentioned, 1948, yeah. Israel became a nation again. There was no Jewish land. There was no Jewish. They were dispersed. They were dispersed right. throughout the world. Yeah. All right. And so uh, uh, when you look at the history of the land, which we, you know, people now refer to as Palestine, all right, you know, it was under the domination of various groups, and uh, from the year 517 to the year 1917, approximately 400 years, all right, uh, the land of Palestine was under the domination of the Ottoman Empire, mm-hmm. okay, and the, the Ottoman Empire was controlled and run by the Turks, and uh, something happened. You can see, if you look at history, Right. Not only do you see the machinations of men, but you see in regard to, let's say, God or even the, the founding of the United States. Right. You see the hand of God at work. And uh, I would be, I would dare say, unless you know, unless you study Israel's past, these people have no understanding in regard to what God did right, to bring about the reestablishment of the nation of Israel. But in the year 1897, again, uh, Palestine still being under, uh, you know, the control of the Ottoman Empire. All right, there was a Jew in Basel, Switzerland, all right, and uh, his name was Theodore Herzl, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, he began a movement, all right, from Basel, Switzerland, which ultimately became known as Zionism. Zionism. 
right? When you know you hear people talk about Zionism today, you know mm-hmm. they they always put a bad kind of a bad connotation. But the Bible refers to the land of Zion in many right. places, doesn't it? Matter? Yes. yes, yes. But anyways, uh, Herschel from Basel, Switzerland, ultimately ultimately put together, if you want to call it, we can call it a you know a meeting of many people at the you know uh, a conference, so to speak. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, you had. I, I guess predominantly were Jews, but they came from all over the world. They came from America. They came from Europe. They came from Africa. Uh, you know, they came from all over the world, and there they met in Basel, Switzerland. And in that meeting, all right, here's what Herzl said. He said, there's a land without a people, mm-hmm. and there's a people without a land. Give the land without a people to the people without a land. And uh, from that conference uh, came this organization, which ultimately was recognized, all right, you know, that was now had a purpose of uh, recognizing and obtaining and recognizing a home for the Jewish people Mm -hmm. in the land of Palestine. And uh, so you're coming to the end of the 19th century, all right, and uh, during that period of time, you're having turmoil. You know, everyone was peaceably coexisting, right? right? You got the Arabs, all right, and the Turks who are controlling that part of the Middle East, all right? They're, 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 you know, having turmoil one with another. And then you finally get into the beginning of the 20th century and uh, the First World War, mm-hmm. all right? And uh, the Turks, you know, the instigator of the First World War was Germany. And uh, the Turks took the side of Germany. And so the Arabs who were against the Turks, you know, they took the side of the British. And, uh, you know, undoubtedly, many of you have heard of the movie, all right, uh, <laughs> all right, or maybe have even watched the movie, all right, it was called Lawrence of Arabia. That was a real person. Yeah, it, it doesn't uh, seem like it. It seems like a fairy tale. Okay. Uh, Lawrence, who, this man who became known as Lawrence of Arabia, was a British archaeologist. No kidding. All right, and when the, when the uh, <clears throat> First World War broke out, he organized an army of 220,000 Arabs, mm-hmm. all right, to fight against, you know, took the side of Great Britain to fight against the Germans. Well, in 1917, as I said, the Ottoman Empire controlled the land of Palestine from and the Middle East uh, from 1517 to uh, 1917, approximately 400 years, and uh, there was a British general who was put in control of all the Allied forces. It just wasn't the British forces. It was all the Allied forces who were fighting on the side of the British, all right, that, you know, against the Germans. He was the commander of, uh, you know, the armies of Palestine. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 1917, this man whose name was Edmund Allenby, right. all right, uh, took control of uh, the land of Palestine and the city of Jerusalem on December 11, 1917. In fact, when he came, the Arabs had fled from the city. He didn't even have to fight. Really? Okay, when he took control of the city. All right. He comes to the city to take control of the city of Jerusalem. He rides to the gate of Jaffa on a horse. Mm-hmm. Okay. He dismounts from his horse to walk through the gates of Jaffa there, the city of Jerusalem, takes his hat off his head, mm-hmm. and walks into the city and took control of the city. And uh, he was later asked why he did such a thing as that. Edmund Allenby was a born-again Christian. Hmm. He knew Jesus Christ as his Savior. And in response to the question and why he did that, he said this. He said, he said, my Savior and my Lord came to the city of Jerusalem, all right, before his crucifixion, right. he rode in on a donkey. He said, I would not ride in on a white horse, <laughs> horse as a conqueror. 
And so he dismounted from the horse and, as I said, took his hat off his head mm-hmm. right, and, and took control of the city. But uh, as a boy, this is an interesting fact, okay? As a boy, a born-again, you know, a boy was raised up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. okay? At night, he and his mother would say their prayers together, and they would always end their prayers with something along these lines. Together they would pray this. And, O Lord, we would not forget thine ancient people Israel. Hasten the day when Israel shall again be thy people and shall be restored to thy favor and to their land. And then sometime after that, when he had gone back to England, he was at a reception and he said this. He says, I never knew, never would think that God would give me the privilege of helping to answer my childhood prayer. Mm-hmm. But you see, that's, it's the same thing that we have going on in America today. People don't know upon the principles and the great people that this country was founded. Yes, there's always bad people. Sure. All right? There were bad people back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, were, there are bad people today. Sure. All right? But nonetheless, all right, God was at work. Mm-hmm. God was at work in regard to bringing the people of Israel the Jews back to the land that right. he gave them originally back in the, in the, in the days of Abraham. Yes. Right. He made that promise to them. We mentioned that. Mm-hmm. You find it in numerous places. One of the first places in Genesis, uh, I believe, chapter is it 13, 15. Let me get there for a moment here mm-hmm. so we can give you that verse again. Yeah. Or is it 14, 15? Let me look it up here. But anyways, while I'm finding that verse, Steve, you know, if you want to say anything about, uh, you know, what you, in regard to the, you know, someone involved in the news media, uh, you know. Well, right now, um, and we're kind of waiting. This is technically Saturday, and this is considered to be the Jewish Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And right now the, uh, the armies of Israel are lining up and gathering on the borders of Gaza to uh, go in and uh, seek retribution for the harm that they've suffered. It's highly unlikely, as I think we talked about earlier, that they would begin this ground war on the Sabbath. Um, so it's possible that tomorrow being Sunday, and then of course Monday, uh, that we may see the armies of Israel moving into Gaza and uh, trying to basically eliminate Hamas, take them out. Um, well, here's three verses of Scripture mm-hmm. in regard to God. Promising the land of Israel, or the land of Palestine, whatever you want to refer to it now, as an everlasting possession for the people of Israel, the Jews. Mm -hmm. The first place, as I just mentioned, was in Genesis chapter 13, verse number 15. God speaking to Abraham said this, And for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Mm -hmm. Another place where God mentions it. It's in chapter 15 of the book of Genesis, in verse uh, <clears throat> this is 15:7. Mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 15, verse number seven. And he said unto him, I am Lord that brought thee out of the earth of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. Mm-hmm. And then in Genesis chapter 17. In verse number 8, he says, And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession. 
and I will be their God. And so this idea that somehow, all right, if you believe the Bible and you believe the scriptures, all right, and you believe what God said, the land belongs to Israel. And uh, not only did they get it back in 1948, uh, they're going to ultimately, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns and reigns, all right, in Jerusalem as king over all the world, they're going to have the land in fulfillment of that promise for an everlasting possession. I'm wondering if you can remember the scripture. There's a place in the scriptures where God says, and I don't have this quote exactly right, but if you uh, if you are a friend of Israel, you'll be blessed. But the enemies of Israel will suffer harm. That's, something of that that's, that's the beginning of the Abrahamic covenant that God makes with the nation of Abraham when he calls him up out of the Ur of the Chaldees, as you made reference to. Mm-hmm. I, and that, that those promises begin uh, <clears throat> in the book of Genesis, chapter 12. All right? Verse 1 and uh, going down to verse number 3. God says, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from, the, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And, you know, that's a promise regarding the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And one of the reasons why, and you kind of made reference to this, all right, uh, at the beginning, Mm -hmm. all right, but one of the reasons why America has been a blessed nation, more than just this, but here's yeah. one reason, all right, because America, right from Israel's inception when it became a nation in 1948, all right, America was the first nation in the world to recognize Israel, all right, as a sovereign nation. And it happened under the leadership of Harry Truman, mm-hmm. all right, who was, when Democrats were good, Okay, he was a Democrat. There was a day. Well, but anyways, okay, getting back kind of to the nation of Israel here for just a moment. Uh, So you have from 1917 to 1948, you had uh, the land of Palestine, Israel, under British rule, all right? And then you've probably heard about this because you read about it in history books, so forth and so on. You read about the Balfour Declaration. All right, and that was a letter that was written by a man by the name of Arthur Balfour, who was the British Foreign Secretary. All right, and he wrote this letter to uh, the leader of the Jews in England, who at that time was Lord Rothschild. And here's what that letter states His Majesty's government views with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this objection, uh, objective, excuse me, uh, it being clearly understood that nothing shall be done that shall prejudice the civil and religious rights of the existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights and political status enjoyed by Jews in any other And so this ultimately, all right, as we said, leads to the establishment of uh, the nation of Israel once again as a nation. Uh, The Balfour Declaration was recognized by many leaders throughout the world. Our president, Woodrow Wilson, uh, was uh, one of the leaders that recognized that uh, declaration. And uh, 
so people can get an idea of what's going on, what has happened in the land mm-hmm. of Israel in regards to population. Sure. I, in 1918, after Allenby had liberated the land of Palestine, all right, the uh, population in Palestine was there were 60,000 Jews and 600,000 non-Jews. Now, when we say non-Jews, that doesn't just mean Muslims. Right. That could be Gentiles, you know, yeah. Christians, so forth and so on. All right. Uh, now, at first, you know, as Israel, excuse me, became not Israel, become a nation, but uh, as they began to, you know, live now again under the auspices and control of the British uh, in the land of Palestine, uh, the Jews and the Arabs got along. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then, naturally, with regard to people different cultures, right, and so forth and so on, trouble became. And uh, the first trouble started in the, in the year 1929, all right, when a, a number of Jews at the Wailing Wall, all right, were killed, all right, by Palestinian Muslims, all right, uh, because of uh, the Jews' intention was to destroy, you know, the Muslims now where Solomon's Temple had stood, all right, there's a couple of sacred buildings there, one of them being the Dome of the Rock and the other being the Mosque of Aqsa, mm. that they heard that the Jews were going to destroy these buildings in order to uh, build, rebuild the temple. And so uh, a number of them were killed at that time. All right. I should say, I might have said Palestinian. I meant they were killed by actually Arabs. But, uh, and then the years that followed, you know, leading up to the Second World War, uh, Israel ultimately becomes an independent nation after the Second World War. And uh, the Jewish population, as you look at population totals there in the land of Israel, all right, in 1948 now, there are 716,000 Jews and only 156,000 non-Jewish people. Mm -hmm. So over the years, the Jewish population, Jews from around the world began to Return to the land of Israel. Right. The Jewish population has increased, and the Arab population. It has increased. Sure. All right, but in comparison, you know, you and I were talking about this before we get broadcasting here. That the uh, Jewish population in Israel, yes, all right, is over seven million people. Right. All right, and I believe that the Arab population right now is just, uh, you know, less than two and a half million. Okay. The thing I don't understand is what's going on in America right now when you look at these various protests going on in cities, especially at major universities. My question is, how can you side with a group or a nation that wants the destruction of a people group or another nation? Israel never put forth the proposition that they wanted to destroy anybody, that they wanted the end of the Palestinian, that they wanted the end of the Muslim. They've never, never come out to say that. They've always been willing to live in peace. They've always been willing to share their land. But the Palestinians, on the other hand, represented by groups like Hamas and Hezbollah, they want Israel destroyed. They want the Jewish people to be killed, never to exist again. And yet the liberals in this country, and I say our podcast is not a political broadcast. We're not trying to take a side here as a conservative or a liberal, but I'm just saying this is an observation. The liberals in this country who constantly rail about the bigotry and the racism and the oppression going on in the United States, 
They're looking at a people group whose primary mission in life is to destroy another people. They are the prime bigots. They are the prime racists. They are the most devastating of oppressors because they're willing to kill children. They're willing to behead babies. They're willing to rape women, all in the name of their God, which is not the God of the Bible, not even close. And yet the liberals in this country who seem to be extraordinarily ignorant They come from the major universities like Harvard and Yale and Dartmouth and Colgate and Columbia, and they don't understand the history of this conflict. And they will take a side with an organization that is violent, bigoted, racist, and oppressive against Jewish people. It's known as anti-Semitism. I know you can't explain it. It's a rhetorical statement that I've made here. But Well, here's what people need to realize. You have today anti-Israel. Yeah, and anti-Semitism. Right. Okay, the difference being this. The people that are anti-Israel, all right, do not want Israel to exist as a nation any longer. Right. All right, where you have anti-Semitism, those people are against the Jew. Some of them to the extent that they are, would like to wipe them off the face. So one is more political and one is almost more religious or more spiritually oriented. They don't like the ideology of the Jewish people, right, or their, their history, or their love of their God. and, and, and uh, They might allow them, let's say, people who are anti-Israel don't want Israel to exist as a nation. As a nation. But they yeah. might, like, you know, they're here in the United States, they're here in this Hang part out. of the world, you know, they can live wherever they want. <laughs> right, exactly. But they just don't want Israel as a nation to exist anymore. Gotcha. You know, and then you have them to, who will go to such, such an extent as Hamas, yeah. who literally want to kill every one of them that they possibly can. Right. I, I mean... Okay, when you read about <clears throat> and you study Islam as a religion, mm-hmm. you see, they are like a group like Hamas. It's not just that they want to take control of the land of Israel. They want to take control of the world. Uh, ultimately. Ultimately, that's, 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 that's okay. And they will let a people exist who are ultimately subservient to them right. and, the, and uh, the religion of Islam. Right. So that's what you got going on. That's the kind of group that you're going on. But uh, – well, no, I just uh, I just wanted to kind of wrap up here because we're uh, coming to the end of the broadcast. Well, let me just let me just give this one testimony sure. before we close out. <clears throat> you know, you talk about some of these groups and their wickedness, all right, like Hamas, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, but uh, you know, God is at work, even at times when we we can't see Him oh, maybe doing time. something. <laughs> but let me give you the testimony of God doing something mighty. And miraculous. Mm-hmm. Okay, in this is going to be the testimony about one individual. All right, the founder of Hamas, the main founder, was a man by the name of Ahmed Yassin. But uh, there were other men who assisted him in the founding of Hamas. Uh, one of them being a man by the name of Hassan Youssef. And uh, Hassan Youssef has a son, uh, Masab. Okay, and uh, this he's a relatively young man. I think he's in his thirties. He got saved. Right. He trusted the Lord. Did you start reading the Bible? Okay. He trusted Christ. And here's what Masab Yusuf, all right, he prays, all right, that someday his family will accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Really? And here's a statement by him. I consider Islam a big lie. People who supposedly represent the religion admired Muhammad more than God. Uh, they killed innocent people in the name of Islam. They beat their wives. And they don't have any idea about what God is. 
I have no doubt they'll go to hell. I have a message for them. There is only one way to paradise, the way of Jesus, who sacrificed himself on the cross for us all. And so, you know, you think about someone in the midst. Sometimes you look at people and say, man, could that person ever get saved? Here you have, all right, a young man who was raised up, all right, in extreme Islamic doctrine and and God reached down and touched that young man and saved his soul. And uh, if he can do that for a man like uh, uh, Mr. Yusuf, uh, he can do it for him. Well, needless to say, folks, keep an eye on the news. Israel is at war. And make sure you understand the history of this conflict before you establish strong opinions about anything one way or the other. Uh, I, I can't understand the liberals in this country right now siding with a violent terrorist group. I, I, I don't understand it. I know a lot of uh, folks agree with, with that sentiment. It's just a very difficult thing to understand. Here on the podcast, uh, in the weeks ahead, we will certainly discuss this war as things progress, and uh, we invite you to tune in from time to time. And please, if you can, get in touch with us. Uh, we have an email address, and you're more than happy to, uh, to write to us, comment, disagree with us, uh, ChristiansUnited50 at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. And um, we have a website as well. You can certainly take a look over there. There's other things to read. It's called ChristiansUnited50.com. And uh, you can join the United States Prayer Force there. The mission that we have here is to get people to pray. Pray for America. And now, pray for Israel. Pray for the Palestinians. Pray for, uh, you know, Jesus said to pray for your enemies. So how can we ignore you know, Jesus' admonition to do that. We should pray for the people in Hamas. If, uh, if a person that Pastor just described can, can get saved out of, you know, Muslim ideology and, and embrace the Savior, then I'm sure many of the individuals on the battlefield will, will find a reason to, uh, to reach out to God. It's going to be devastating. And we're not happy to see this war by any means. You know, we, of course, we pray for peace. We invite you to do the same. So... That's it for the broadcast. Pastor, any last words before we sign off? Yes, as you've already said, Steve, all right, we're asking Christians out there, pray for America. Mm-hmm. All right, pray for Israel. Realize that, uh, you know, right now there are still uh, people over in Israel who are missionaries, who are still seeking to serve the Lord and, you know, witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You have, uh, you know, American citizens that are over there. Yes, some that are trying to get out of the country, but some who have no intention of leaving uh, the land of Israel right now unless things progressively get worse within those borders. But pray that uh, God would help Israel. Realize this, that everything that's transpiring right now, we are very near to the rapture and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to take his church out of this world. And that means, all right, that there's coming on the scene, all right, a one-world government, a one-world ruler, who we refer to as the Antichrist. And, uh, hey, folks, it's really close. So be prepared for the return of the Lord. Be a witness for the Lord and seek to be a burning and shining light until Jesus comes. Right. And we thank you for listening. We hope that you'll tune in again next week. And don't forget this broadcast is available on YouTube. For anybody that did stick around for that presentation there, uh, you know, I've been preaching for years against the New World Order and uh, trying to get an awakening, a spiritual awakening, or some kind of awakening. And I'll still continue to fight. 
uh, against the New World Order, resist the New World Order, stand up against evil, and uh, it's going to get harder and harder. Uh, who knows, you know, uh, how bad it's going to get. But uh, that pastor right there, uh, I know of that pastor. That's Dr. Vince Massa. And uh, he, uh, he's a uh, landmark Baptist church, Frontline Bible Institute, uh, very studied study underneath Dr. Uh, Peter Ruckman, um, uh, Dr. Phil Grady. Uh, I met him once, uh, Dr. Phil Grady. He wrote a couple books. One book that I wrote, uh, excuse me, that I read was uh, How... How Satan Destroyed America, very powerful book, uh, excellent, awesome. I like all how they write, you know, that's why I like learning from a lot of those guys because they always reference what, what, what they're teaching you. They always reference what, you know, so you can look it up yourself and verify it and make sure that you know it's true because, you know, you have to make sure what people tell you is true. There's a lot of people talk out there, you know, rear end. They don't, they don't know what you're saying. They're just well, lash out at you. They think they know what they're saying, or they want to believe what they're saying, and they think what they're saying is true. No, and uh, you know sometimes I'm wrong. You know, I, I show me I'm wrong, prove me I'm wrong, and that's fine. I'll admit I'm wrong. But uh, when it comes to God, I'll never, I'll never ever ever abandon God or God's word, um, or or or, or uh, what what is what you know believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so. And hopefully all of you out there will do that. You know, uh, even look, if, if Jesus was alive, then more good came from alive than any other time in history. So, uh, I, I, you know, I would, I would accept him, believe in him. I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, <laughs> if I'm wrong, then I guess we just watch the world go up in smoke, and because it doesn't look like it's going to get saved. If I'm right, then I'll be raptured out of here, and you guys that don't accept him, Jesus Christ will be here for a seven-year tribulation, and. Uh, after the first three and a half years, after the you know the Antichrist comes and you know wields peace, there'll be peace in the Middle East for you know first three and a half years. Then he's gonna break that peace treaty, and uh, you're gonna see hell on earth. <laughs> you think things are bad now? Whoa! I mean, just read the Book of Revelation. The things that are gonna happen. Why, man? It's, 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 even King said he could not write a more scarier horror movie than the Book of Revelation. Now imagine that. So, you know, so, you know, and you have to understand the book of Revelation. A lot, a lot of people read it and they don't understand it. You know, you got to remember, you're going through something four times. You know, you're going through the tribulation there. So, uh, you know, you got to rightly divide your word, rightly divide the word of God, you know, and uh, compare scripture with scripture. So, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, real quick, I'm getting ready to wrap it up. I appreciate everybody that did join in. Uh, always, uh, God bless you. I appreciate you. Uh, and uh, remember, I'm running for public office here in North Carolina. So, uh, you know, I'm still going to continue the fight. So anyway, God bless everybody. Take care, and uh, God bless the republic.